0: Well, bow your heads with me. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're grateful this day for the privilege and the blessing that You give us to come together and be in the midst of such wonderful people. I would pray, Father, if it be Your will, that You would just take Your Word tonight, just honor it, bless it, just fill our hearts to overflowing, God, with Your goodness and Your grace. Lord, we know in our hearts and life tonight, God, that if we received upon our lives, exactly what we deserved. We've been held this moment. But I'm thankful, God, you're a God of grace and you're a God of mercies. I would pray, God, if it be your will, that you would just pour out that grace and that mercy, God, that only you have possession of in our hearts and lives as a believer tonight. Where I'm surrounded by people that I know, some I've known for years, and Lord, all I love And I would ask You, God, tonight, just allow that love to transcend, God, this earth and the bounds of it. And just allow Your loving heart, God, to speak upon us for as Your Word declares, we can only love because, God, You first loved us first. Again, God, honor and bless Your Word. Bless the special prayer needs that have been mentioned tonight. There's been many. I'm sure it is well. There's been many, many that are unspoken. Help us each, God, to just do Your will in life and to continue, God, to just honor and bless every step we take, God, as we continue to seek after Your purpose. Tonight, Father, we love You and we thank You for loving us first and we thank You for blessing us, God. We surely tonight thank You for sending Your Son, Jesus Christ, to an old rugged cross and taking upon Himself the debt of sins of our own and of this world. Thank You for the forgiving power of the blood of the cross. God, may You be exalted. is my prayer. I ask and I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, I'd ask you to turn with me to the book of 2 Thessalonians. The book of 2 Thessalonians. I'll be in chapter 2 tonight, beginning in verse 1. Paul, writing to the Thessalonican people, he begins in verse 1, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto Him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or by troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Verse 3, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Verse 5, Remember ye not, that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now ye know what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in this time. For the mystery of iniquity doeth both already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And verse 8 And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth. And shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. May God tonight bless the reading of his word. As I studied through the scripture, one thing that stuck out in my mind, and I'd seem to never be able to overcome it, and you know, I say that with kindness and with compassion because every time I open God's word up and able to read and study in God's word, there's always so many little mountains and little hills that God places in my path of study where I can't just read those verses, I have to understand those verses. And I have to ask God to show me what that means to me. I learned a long time ago from sitting in many church revivals that it seemed like every time it seemed like the revival was good to almost everybody there, for some reason there were several of us that maybe it wasn't that great for. Or on the other hand as well, sometimes I'd go in a meeting... And I'd be in there and there'd be four or five of us that were just running the aisles, hooping and hollering, praising God for the goodness of the Word. And everybody else just kind of set like a bump on a log. And so I started learning as an early age, as a young boy, Father, why is that? That it seems that I would desire to learn and study Your Word, but why, God, does it mean so much difference in understanding between me and someone else? You ever thought that? I think we all have if you study the Word of God. Because, you know, what we're studying is not just printed ink on a page. We're studying the living Word of a righteous and a mighty and a living God. And I think so many times we try to look at Scripture and we try to look at verses and chapters in each book of the 66 of the Bible and we stop and look and say, you know, God, I understood that last time I read it, but Father, it doesn't seem to have meaning to me anymore. I've been there. I lived many days and many weeks in that very, very place. But when Paul wrote this letter to the Thessalonican people, he started out like he does in many of his New Testament books. He says, Now we beseech you, brethren, or we seek after you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto Him. What's Paul saying is this. He's saying the reason we're here is not because of what we have to say, or what we have to do, or what our policies and procedures is, but because we represent the Most High Living God. I think so many times, we, no matter who we is, myself, you and I, I would say, we always want others to understand and follow along with our own doctrine. But I want you to know tonight, the doctrine that Billy Allen preaches, if it's not of God, it's not worthy of you sitting and listening, do. It has no purpose and no meaning, and it never will. And I would reach out to you right now for the remainder of your life and mine, if you ever hear me preach, if you ever see a message come through me that you believe is not of God, please call me out back. Please tell me to sit down. Please tell me to be quiet but make sure first that you're with the will of God and that you've studied the Word of God and you understand the Word of God. What I'm saying is this, there's no one that has a market cornered on the Word of God except God. And you know, every day in our lives, I know every day in my life, beloved, I study and I study and I study the Word of God. And what I'm so thankful for, it seems like the more I study, the greatness and the closeness and the more power I see in God's understanding. I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for His goodness. He tells us, Paul says in verse 2, he says that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. I believe with all of my heart tonight that if we really believed as today's modern church that Jesus Christ could return and will return at any time, I believe playing church would gone to pass. I believe we'd be really worshiping God. I believe we'd be really testifying to the goodness and the glory of God and not just kind of sitting around quiet with our hands in our lap. I think many of us here today that are believers, we need to reach out, we need to vocalize, and we need to let the rest of the world know that Jesus Christ is Lord in our lives. I think so easy it is for us to go and look and say, you know, I don't want to say anything these days because I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to hurt nobody. I'll tell you this, I don't know of any greater hurt anybody can have than me withhold the Word of God from somebody that's lost and dying and heading to hell and then find out one day when I stand before a righteous and a mighty God that He declares unto me that He placed somebody in my path one day and I let them walk by and today they're in the devil's hell alone lake a burning fire, and I never witnessed to them, I never told them anything about Jesus Christ, and now they're damned and cursed for all eternity. Yes, that, I want you to know tonight, that'll be a pity. Yes, that'll be a pity. Paul continues in verse 3, No, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. I don't know about you, but I believe I'm living in that time today. It says here, except there come a falling away first and that man of sin being revealed the son of perdition. Surely he's speaking of the Antichrist. Surely he's speaking of the one that comes that people will worship as God, that is the image of God, but not as God. Amen? Amen? So many times it's easy for us to look and put certain people in our lives on pedestals. I hear so many people at my workplace, I hear so many people out in the public that tell me, oh, don't you just love the way somebody did something or somebody may have watched a ball game or somebody may have watched something else on television or listened to something on the radio and said, do you understand how wonderful that was and how great it was? I'll tell you what, I sure envy that person. Beloved, I want you to know tonight that if you envy any man on this earth, you've envied a sinner if he hasn't repented of God. Amen. Amen? I want you to know tonight, there is nothing... It'll allow us entrance into heaven except through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, the spotless, blameless Lamb of God is the only pathway we can have. John fourteen six, Jesus says, I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one cometh unto the Father except by me. Beloved, if you don't buy that verse, if you don't believe that verse, if you don't read and study that verse, if you don't accept that verse, I'm gonna tell you right now you've already got one foot in the fire. You need to be prepared. You need to get yourself ready for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, which could be this moment, could be this hour, could be this day, and surely will be and could be in your lifetime. So many times I think we always want to look and postpone things. I know so many times in my life, and I'm just speaking honestly to you, God has placed somebody on my heart. And, and I knew the Lord wanted me to witness to them or the Lord wanted me to share with them and just tell them straight from the Word of God how things were and where they were and how they walked. Not as their judge, that's not what I'm saying. But as a child of God, given the hands and the feet and the mercies of God to be a witness for the Most High God. God places, beloved, tonight that power in every one of your lives as a believer. To witness to someone else. Yeah, you know, witness may be a testimony. Many times I find in my life that that witness is a testimony. But you know what? So many times we find ourselves doing, Lord, can You give me another day? Lord, can You just give me another day or two? Lord, I believe if You send them in my path one more time, God, I believe I'll jump right on that and I'll go ahead straight into the Word with them, Father. And I really believe, Lord, they'll come to know You as Savior. You know, how many times have we declared that? You know, I'm speaking to a room full of people tonight that I believe with all my heart God has placed somebody in your mind and in your spirit and wanted you to witness to them, but yet to this day you're still waiting on God to move. How many times does God have to tell you and me that we need to move and we need to be his hands and feet? You know, that's the question I ask you tonight. I don't ask it out of anger. I don't ask it uh, out of hurt. I ask it because of the Word of God testifies to us as Jesus prepared to ascend to the right hand of the Father. He told us to go into all nations and teach and preach the gospel message and share it with the people. What I've gathered from that is this. You know, I can walk up to anyone in this world, beloved, anyone in this world that I believe God has placed on my heart, and if it's God's will for them to be redeemed and forgiven, no matter how much of the Bible I know, no matter how, much, how little of the Bible I know, no matter how my life has been lived before that as a believer, as a Christian, if it's by the power of God, by the will of God, by the grace of God and the mercies of God, that person will be redeemed. Amen? That person will be redeemed. Why? Because it's not about me. And it's not about you. I hope it don't break any hearts when I say that. It's never been about us. It's never been about us. Jesus Christ said Himself in the Gospel of John, I came into this world not as a master, but as a servant unto the Most High God. So many times I think we want to look at our own lives and say, God, look what I have done. But I'll tell you right now, if you look at that way, if you've ever looked at that way, which all of us have at some point, what we have dealt with in our life has been pride. And you know, God doesn't have any time for pride. Pride doesn't accomplish anything that God sends us as a task to do. All pride will do is get us deeper and deeper into things of this world. That's all pride will honor us and bless us with. He tells us in verse 4, Who opposeth? and exalteth himself above all that is so-called God. Does that sound a little bit like what I was just saying? Or that is worshipped, so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. You ever met somebody acting like that? I have. I met a young man one night when I was working at a radio station that called and wanted to speak to me and I don't know where he knew me from, I don't know if he did know me, but he called and he said, I want to ask you a question. Do you really believe all the Bible is true? And I was so clear to him, yes, I do believe all the Bible is true. He said, so what you're saying then is you believe that God's already saved all the world. I said, no, I didn't say that, and where do you find that? He said, John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world. I said, beloved, let me share this with you right now. You have got a failed interpretation of what the Word of God says, one of the most powerful verses in the Bible. And you have taken it and you've allowed the devil to align it to be used by him. For God so loved the world meant God so loves the world. But it says, He gave His only begotten Son. You see, if the Son is not involved, if Jesus Christ is not Lord... In your life, beloved, I want you to know tonight, according to the Word of God, again, John 14 and 6, Jesus says, I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one cometh unto the Father except by Me. If that verse is true, and the rest of the Bible verses are true, then there's only one way to the cross. There's only one way to heaven. There's only one way you'll spend eternity with God. It has to the shed blood of Jesus Christ. There is no other way. There is no other path. Bible clear to all of us, about how many paths there are. And surely, there's two pathways in everyone's life, beloved. There's that path that's wide that the Bible speaks of leads to destruction. And there's that narrow path and that narrow gate that leads to heaven's glory. I think sometimes, just as Paul declares here, I think sometimes that we go and look and say, well, God, I... I really felt like I understood that, God. And we try to plead with God that we're just plain ignorant. And you know what? When I plead with God, I'm ignorant. And beloved, I want you to know He knows I am already. I don't mean that to be funny, but I mean that as the truth. You see, I want God every day in my life, beloved. You should be praying every day for God to give you wisdom. Did Solomon not ask God for wisdom? Why did he ask God for wisdom? His father was a king... He had money. Solomon had money. Solomon had great wealth, didn't he? He had all the things around him. But what he wanted was godly wisdom. And you know, if God, beloved, gives you or I wisdom, if we ask Him for it, I'll promise you one thing so quickly, that it will be God's will as you receive it. Verse 5, Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. This is the words of Christ. He's telling us so many times, even while I was yet with my disciples, while I was in the flesh on this earth, as God in flesh, Emmanuel, Jesus says, I told you these through the words of Paul. I told you that this would come to pass. I told you that this man of perdition would come. I told you that this Antichrist, this one that declares himself to be God, will come. You see, the Bible is so clear that it speaks to us that, you know, He'll come and He'll look so much like God that He'll masquerade as light in a dark world. He'll impersonate God. He'll impersonate the blessings of God. He'll impersonate the gifts of God. And yes, He'll also impersonate into people's hearts every day. That they're okay and they don't need to do anything else. That everything's okay. If God really is a God of love, you hear preached all the time, then God's going to take me just like I am. Doesn't a song say I heard a man say this week that wrote me an email? Doesn't a song say just as I am? Yes, it surely does, I share with the man that wrote me that note and email. And I told him, I said, but it also says this, that we'll never enter into heaven except through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And you know, the wooden cross, were it not for that efficacious blood of Jesus Christ that was poured out and shed on that cross, it would just be two pieces of wood and three nails. It would have had no power. It would have had no meaning except that Jesus Christ hung there through the power of God. And God placed upon His only begotten Son the sin debt of this world and that includes you and me and everyone you've ever met and ever will meet. You see, just as John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever shall believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. I don't know about you tonight, but I'm so tired of people playing games with God. it, it exhausts me so much and I suffer from so much uh, strife and fatigue from from hearing people declare one thing when I turn to a television station or to a radio station and all I hear is a man talking about send me five dollars and I'll pray over a towel or a rag for you or send you a little bottle of oil or something and I'll promise you if you would put it in the right place on the right day of the month at the right hour of the day and you'll jump up and down on two feet and then lay down for four and a half hours and get up and raise the left hand up you'll be whole. I'm so sick and tired of that hocus pocus that it makes me so nauseated that I could vomit. So many times I find people look around and so many times people want to see the blessings come from this world. But beloved, I want you to know there is no blessing in this world outside of that of God. There is no power. There is no strength. There is no hope, and you have no promise. Just as I have no promise without the shed blood of Jesus Christ having been applied to our hearts and lives in our sin debt being forgiven through God and His beloved Son Jesus. One more verse, and I'll close. Verse eight, and it says, "Then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of His mouth, and shall destroy." with the brightness of His coming. One day God will judge each and every person in this world, bar none. And when God brings forth that judgment, beloved, there will be two judgments. There will be a great white throne judgment and there will be a judgment for the believer. A great white throne judgment will be the judgment for those who are lost. That their sins will be revealed to them. And for the judgment of the believer, it will be a judgment of rewards. Yes, praise God. I want to ask you tonight as I close and as we prepare to pray, which judgment do you seek? Because without Seeking after today the will of God in your life, there's only one judgment for you. And you know, if I never opened my Bible again, if I never spoke or preached or taught the Word of God again, and tonight was my last night, I'll have to tell you that tonight I have tried to be faithful to what God's asked me to do. Week after week after week after week, I pray for people that tell me they have needs in their lives. And I know they do. We all do. But you know, if there's one thing that I don't understand, and one day I'll ask God as I see Him face to face, God, why did they not turn to You? Why, Lord, did they not trust You with the needs and the burdens that they had in their lives while they were living on this earth? Why, Lord, did they turn away and follow after this one this Word speaks of that imitates God, that declares that He is God, that He has the power of God, but we know Him as Satan. His name is Satan. And you know what? Satan many times looks just like what he wants to look like. What do I mean by that? So many times, We'll have a television on or maybe listen to a radio and there might be a person come walking across the screen, whether it be male or female, and somebody might think in their mind or their heart, oh, that's a nice-looking person. And it might be a few minutes later and you'll see someone else. You say, wow, that! I think him or her looks even better than the last one I saw on the television. And, you know, it kind of feeds and it kind of fuels in that negative the, connotation of Satan. And it kind of gets stored in your mind and your spirit until the next time you have the television on, you're kind of looking for that person, aren't you? You're kind of searching and seeking after the things of the world. And that love and that joy and that peace that God had given you seems to be slowly waning away day by day. You see, the things that we see that Satan uses in our lives, beloved, are not abrupt. Many times they're so subtle and they fade so slowly. You see, He don't want us to fall off the back of the wagon and know we've hit the dirt. He wants us to gently be set down so that we won't know anything's changed until that day we stand before God and we find that we no longer know God or we no longer serve God. That we have no love for God. And you know, when that day comes, sadly enough, we'll hear those words from God it will say something like this, Depart from me, you doer of iniquity. I know you not. So many people, I think, are living on hope and promises of this world. And I want you to know, outside of Jesus Christ, beloved, there is no hope and there is no promise of you having eternal life with God, with the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no hope. There is no promise. The world will make many promises to you. But I'll promise you this, and this is the truth. The only thing that you'll ever have is what you have on this earth before the day you draw your last breath. From there on, if you're lost and you're sin-cursed and you die without the Lord Jesus Christ being your Lord and Savior, you will go to a devil's hell. And there is no hope and no promise of ever leaving that place. You have made a choice. As I like to share with people many times when they say, but we serve a loving God. But we serve a loving God. My mom and dad tell me that we serve a loving God. Billy, how can you say that God does not love me enough that He won't take me into heaven? I want you to know this, beloved. God loves you so much that He sent His Son to a cross to die so that you could be in heaven. But you have rejected the one and only living Son of God. You have chosen your destination. Each and every one of us in this place tonight have already chosen our destination. You see, if you're not for God, if you're not living for God, if you're not trusting the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you've already chosen to spend your eternity with Satan. I know that's not good English, and I'm sure it's not great preaching, but i promise you it's of the Word. And if I didn't love you, I wouldn't share it with you. I could have come in here and smiled the whole way through. I could have filled a stadium up somewhere that I had converted into a church. And I could have got my veneers painted white. And I could have stood around me and my wife. And I could have stood up on the podium with a globe turning around behind me. Am I sounding like somebody else? And I could have smiled all the way through the whole hour of the service. And yes, you could have spent eternity in hell because you followed me instead of the living Son of God. i just ask you one thing and i close and I'll be quiet. Trust God. Before it's ever too late, trust God. The thoughts that you have in your mind when something seems to fall in your mind that you know is not of God. Satan, I ask you to flee in Jesus' name, I declare. Just declare it unto God that you don't belong to Satan. That you belong to Him, the Most High, the righteous God in heaven. Just know that you belong to Him if you're a believer tonight. And beloved, I know one thing. When we pray tonight, every one of us in this place will have a second chance to get things in our life right with God. Every one of us in this place. Now I know some of you are ready. If the Lord comes in the next 30 seconds, you're ready. And I praise God for that. But you know, I also know there are some in this room tonight that are not ready. I don't say that to be hard to you. I don't say that to be harsh to you. I love every one of you. But you know, I can't tell you I love you more than God knows He loves you because He sent His Son to die for you. And you know, I love you so much, but I sure couldn't die for you. It can only come through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Through the love of God. Would you bow your heads with me? Father... Tonight, Lord, as we close this service, Lord, we come before You at this time of invitation and we just seek You, Father, to just allow the Holy Ghost to just roam this room. Not only roam this room, God, search our hearts. Father, just allow each and every one that's here tonight, Father, to just receive the gift and the blessing of eternal life, God, through Your beloved Son, Jesus, whom You sent to die as a sacrifice as an atonement for our sins. Father, I pray tonight for conviction upon all our spirits and souls. Surely those, God, tonight that are backslidden or just playing church. Surely, God, tonight those that are lost and damned. Oh God, if it be Your will, would You redeem them? Would You draw them back unto You, God, again? Oh God, would You give them one more try, one more chance, God, to come unto You before it's too late? Lord, that's my deepest prayer. I thank You, God, for those in this place tonight that are redeemed. I thank You for answering the prayer in the lives of ourselves and so many. Oh, God, I praise You. I thank You, Father, on high. would ask You, God, tonight to just continue to nurture us, continue to lead us and guide us. Continue to allow Your will and Your Spirit and Your truth and Your love and Your joy, God, to be in our hearts. Continue to use us and lead us, Father. May you be praised, God, is our deepest prayer. Help us, Father, to be more like you this day, a little more than yesterday, and just a little bit more tomorrow. Thank you, Lord, again for loving us and saving us. We ask and we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. This concludes tonight's live worship service. We pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, each one listening has been blessed through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We invite you to join us back again next week for another live outreach worship service as we together continue praising Jesus Christ. Those tonight who have made decisions to follow Christ, desiring additional biblical resources, or anyone with special prayer concerns are personally invited to visit the Praising Jesus ministry website. The web address is www.praisingjesus.org. That address again is www.PraisingJesus.org. We want to thank each of you tonight for listening. We invite you back again next week as together we seek God to guide, mold, and speak to our hearts and lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. Good night and may God bless each of you is my prayer.